And what really happened was your book is your hook really came from the market. The market started calling my office with people who said, I want to be you. And I said, you want to be a financial planner? And they said, no, I want to be an author. I want to have a book. I want to be on TV. I want to this, I want to that. So for a little while, I had a foot in two boats, right? I was still financial planning because I loved financial planning. And when push came to shove, I decided that I would help authors because I was having such a good time doing it. And they were having so many problems and so much confusion and had so many questions. And the more I did that, the more people I could help. I was really interested in helping people get what they wanted. That was my MO. Welcome to The Author's Leverage, the podcast where we explore the journeys that await you beyond your book. I'm your host, Parshel Tashi, and in each episode, we connect with best-selling authors, publishing experts, and industry pros to unveil the pathways that enable you to leverage and amplify your book for extraordinary impact and income. Whether you're a seasoned author or just embarking on your authorpreneur adventure, prepare to be inspired. Today, we're joined by a guest who's going to share some invaluable insights with us. But before I introduce them, I want to invite you to download your copy of our ebook and its companion digital workbook. It's called Five Ways to Get More Bang for Your Book. It's a comprehensive guide to supercharge your author journey, and you can find it below this episode, along with where you can connect with us on social media, subscribe, and rate the podcast. Now, let's dive into today's episode and take a sneak peek into the future of your success as an author. Thank you all for tuning in. This is Parshel, and I'm excited because we are talking about how authors can leverage what they've already created. Um, that's the theme that is the beauty of this conversation and what, what I get to do with so many professionals, and really amazing experts in this space. And so today we're talking about that. In fact, the name of her book is Your Book is Your Hook. And so we're going to talk again from a higher level perspective when it comes to your book and how you can be most successful with it. So I'm so grateful that uh, I'm joined today by Jennifer Wilcom. She is a multi-number one best-selling, award-winning author, an award-winning freelance writer, a columnist, the literary agent matchmaker, and a respected book and business consultant in her business. Your book is your hook. Uh, she supports first-time and seasoned authors and writers, the writing, editing, and getting published and marketing of their book ideas and projects, as well as the building of their platform to raise their visibility to readers, Hollywood, and the media. So Jennifer, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Parshal. I'm so happy that we could do this today. I know, me too. We were just uh, talking, oftentimes we've hosted dinners in the past and we missed that opportunity, but uh, it's good to still be connected and to be talking about how we can support authors in new ways. Thank you again. Let's open up with you sharing about how you got interested in supporting authors and writers on their journey to getting published and building their platform? Like, how did you get started in this space? For me, I actually was, I was never planning to be a book consultant. I was never planning to be a writer. And I got inspired to write when I was working as a certified financial planner. And I decided to write a book. And I wrote that book and got it done and had a couple of challenges on how to actually publish it. When that book came out, Parshall, it was like a rocket had taken off, like a runaway train. I never expected that. I was literally catapulted to number one mm. and then internationally. And the reason why was it was 2005. And the only other woman that was really out there speaking about money was Susie Orman. And she was putting everybody down. 
Mm. And I was had this cute, full-color, pink book on the finance show for her, which, like, nobody had a book for her. And so it just went whoosh, right off. I was on rolling interviews on morning shows. I was quoted in the Wall Street Journal. I was quoted in financial magazines, different things. And what really happened was your book is your hook really came from the market. The market started calling my office with people who said, I want to be you. Mm -hmm. And I said, you want to be a financial planner? And they said, no, I want to be an author. I want to have a book. I want to be on TV. I want to this. I want to that. And I was like, okay, you don't want a financial plan. So I, for a little while, I had a foot in two boats, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, maybe I could do this. And I was still financial planning because I loved financial planning. And when push came to shove, I decided that I would help authors because I was having such a good time doing it. And they were having so many problems mm -hmm. and so much confusion and had so many questions. And the more I did that, the more people I could help. And I was really interested in helping people get what they wanted. That was my MO. And so I wanted to be able to be that person who, according to a lot of my friends now in literary and publishing and <laughs> some areas of Hollywood, they're like, you're the encyclopedia of what to do. And I was like, okay, I think I can wear that. I'm not a know-it-all. I'm one of those humble people who basically just ask clients, what do you want? And I think what happens for most people and why I decided to do this was when I first said yes, I actually understood that I really did know. And that was really what happened. So as my career evolved as a writer, I was 200, 300, 500 yards down the field from anything anybody else was doing. So I could actually tell them, oh, no, don't do that. Do this. And you need this before you do that because blah, blah, blah. And before you knew it, I was a consultant. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I love, too, it's, there's a sense of permission, I think, that comes. I heard you say that you said yes, and then you knew. <laughs> yeah, I did one of those things where wasn't whether or not I thought I could do it. I was just, I wanted to do it for the right reasons. And I wanted to do it. I wasn't running a business in that particular way. And so I had been working literally in corporate jobs and other jobs before this, where I was basically reporting and I was in an industry where there were licenses and compliance supervision and all these other things. And now all of a sudden I was going to own and run a consulting business. It was okay. I could do this. Yes, I'm going to do it and I'm going to figure it out. So honestly, the way that your book is your book came about was when people started asking, I started asking myself, is this something A, that I understand that I understand where they're coming from and I understand what they want, right? And then B, is it something that I felt that I actually could help them with. Then it became more of a question after that of, is this a project I like and I'm going to be passionate about just like they are, or am I just doing it? Mm. And last was, do I like them? Can I actually work with them? Will they listen to me? Can I listen to them? 
is a give and take. And when all four of those turnstiles started to, all the lights were green, so to speak, I knew that was a good client for me. So I've had clients for nearly 20 years. Hmm. And so I've had clients of well-known stature where people have introduced me to them. And I've had clients who have found me through the internet or I speak at conferences or wherever they meet me. And for me, I'm one of those people who asks questions. That's actually, that's one of the testimonials from somebody recently. I picked you because you asked me a lot of questions. <laughs> you didn't try to tell me what to do. You yeah. just asked. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think every project per show is individual and people have individual challenges with each type of project they're doing. And so as a consultant, it's important to understand what they want to do as opposed to what you could do for them. Exactly. A hundred percent. And that makes a lot of sense. And you're calling the literary agent matchmaker too. I am. <laughs> and, and, and that's such a, such a, um, a great topic, I think, also to hit on because that relationship between an author and their literary agent, I would love to hear more about what that looks like. And there are many authors that do not have one or work with with an agent. Talk a little bit about just some of the insights from that relationship. And if an author does need that, how do they know they need one and how can they find the right agent for their book? They're all very individual questions, yes. but there are a lot of indie authors and indie authors do amazing things. And they are authors that I help also. I work with all five ways to publish. So I do help with traditional, with a literary agent, traditional publisher, but there are lots of publishers, small, medium, and large publishers that will actually publish your books without an agent, which a lot of people just cross off, but you shouldn't. And especially if your book is in a particular niche. And then I also help people with self-publishing and electronic publishing, but there's also mm. audiobook publishing. And so there's lots of ways to do this. And from an, from an agent perspective, now I'm not an agent, so I want to make sure I clarify that I'm a consultant, but I've been asked by literary agents and agencies to be an agent. And I basically have said no every single time. And the reason why is because if I'm not on this side helping the writers, then who's going to help the writers get an agent? And We've all laughed and at the cocktail party at a conference and had another drink kind of a thing because we all know that I'm actually helping both the agents and the authors. And that's why it's a literary agent matchmaker because literary agents are looking for writers that are writing the content they can get behind, they can champion, they can actually take to a publisher and say, I heard your mandate, I've got an author, I think it's the right match, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. Right. And so for me, I help the writers clarify all the gobbledygook that's out on the <laughs> internet about how to get an agent. And one of the things I talk about a lot, and my newsletter is a great resource for this, because I talk a lot about the fact that more than 60% of writers who have an agent first met them at a writer's conference or a live or these days virtual pitching event. And then doesn't mean they landed their agent there. It means that they got one. They actually got somebody who was interested. And then they actually followed up and did all the things that agent wanted to get them. Mm. Right. And then they signed a contract, which is how they now have an agent. So like I have an agent. Right. And 
one of the things that is very important for people to understand is that if you read Stephen King's on writing, he's, if you don't have an agent, then you might as well not write. And so that's really not right. There are so many people these days who write. There are so many people who write with an agent. There are so many people who write without an agent. And these days, it's really about if you're going to go for an agent, you really need to keep your eye on the ball of what you need to do in order to get one. This fall, I'm going to be offering query letter, query letter clinics and book proposal clinics mm-hmm. because people basically are writing these on their own. They're getting rejected. They don't know why. And they don't have anybody to talk to. And they don't know what to do. And for a lot of people, first of all, they don't know the materials they need in order to actually submit. Then when they submit, they've either submitted the wrong pieces or they haven't had them professionally reviewed and assessed to make sure they're the right materials in the right order. So that remember, when an agent comes to your project, they know zero. So here's a great tip for your audience. Ready? If I'm an agent, you need to look at what I represent, not just for your type of book, but I might represent some things in fiction, some things in nonfiction. Oh, and I might also even represent children. When I get your stuff, the last thing you want me to do is try to figure out which one is it. Hmm. So here's my story about the Literary Agent Matchmaker Service. It took me two years to build it. I met with literary agency owners and I sat down with them, told them what I wanted to do, said, I don't want to piss you off and I don't want to step on your toes, Mm -hmm. but I really want to help the writers so that you get better submissions. And so we talked. So I asked one agent who owned her agency and had, I think, 10 agents under her. And I said, okay. I showed her my idea of doing this and what it entailed and everything. And she said to me, do you really want to know what happens for me? I said, yes. She said, I go from Random House on Broadway in a cab down to Tribeca, down to Penguin. And in the backseat of that cab, I pull out my cell phone and I go to my query box and I look in the box and I can't, I said, really? I said, how many queries can you get through from Broadway to Tribeca? 25 or more. I said, are you kidding? I said, how are you doing that? She said, this is what I do. I open the first one and I read the first sentence. And if I can't get past the first sentence, I send them five words. No, thanks. Not for me. And then I go to the next one. (laughs) I was like, Wow. I said, don't you think that's like, what happens if there's gold beneath that person? She said, if they can't, if they can't get me, I'm not going to read any. And so really that's why your book is your hook because it is right. Is really about making sure that your query is in the right order because agents get more than 500 queries a week in their box. Mm. People ask me all the time, why did they close their box? Why are they, why is their query box like not available? And I tell them because they're like you, they go on vacation, they have families, 
they get married, they have babies. <laughs> Sometimes they close their box just to be fair so they can catch up. And sometimes they close it because just like it is right now, it's summertime, right? They're traveling. And so depending on when you're, when you're watching this, agents are constantly working with that query box in a way that they're doing their very best to serve people. The pandemic happened to everybody and they got a deluge because a lot of people found more time to write. So all those pandemic books that you wrote, See what you can do. If you want an agent, go for an agent. If you're not sure there's a press, don't write off the fact that you may not be able to do the presses. Marcel, mm -hmm. I can tell you, like on, on every Sunday in my newsletter, I actually write about conferences that offer prizes um, or contests, rather, excuse me, that offer prizes. Some of them will publish your book. Some of them will give you agent access. Some of them will give you other opportunities for short mm -hmm. stories from your book. Like I have a book that we, that we produced and he actually, before we actually finished producing the book, he was already an award-winning author with three of the stories from the book that we accepted wow. so that we could actually, and it was great for me. I'm one of those people. My friends tease me. I have this magic wand here. And part of it is understanding what's your secret sauce, what's going to be right for your book. Do you really need to have Random House on your book? But the one thing that's consistent, Parshall, that I want to make sure that your audience knows, which I know you do, is that the author is 100% responsible for the marketing of that book. Doesn't matter who publishes it. Whether it's Random House, whether it's Simon & Schuster, or it's a regular press that's in that middle ground that I was talking about, or even if it's, you've got to market it and you've got to move it. And the number one mistake people make about literary agents is they go out and they self-publish their first book. They don't sell any copies. They write a second book and they come back and they say, I'm ready for an agent. We have all the tools to look up that first book. We can see all the sales you've made. Have a marketing plan. Yeah. This is huge. This is such a really big, again, from a strategic standpoint, the things that really are helpful to have in mind and have someone like yourself to talk through and walk through. Because in particular, like you said, going, if you have published a book and then let's say you publish the next one and then now you're looking to ramp that up, I think oftentimes what gets overlooked is our platforms. Yes. And so I would love for you to share a little bit about that too, because I know this is something that you also teach and also share and support others in. So what are some effective ways that an author, even in that position that you just described, right? They've got a book out before. How can they use their book or what are the ways can they be more effective with building their platform? Because especially if you're looking to go down this lane of having an agent, they're going to look at this stuff, right? Yes, they are. And so part of it is really understanding what parts of your platform you want to build, understanding what is in the platform, and really having an overall plan. Are you going to be a one-book wonder? If you're not going to be a one-book wonder, then you really should have a plan. And what that means is you should have a writing plan, but you should have a platform plan. And to your point, Prashal, one of the things I do is marketing strategic platform plans. 
And I help people plan out a year and a half of their books. So like I just worked last year with a pair of a children's author and illustrator. Okay, and we created a book that was a holiday book. We made sure that the book was available. They wanted to self-publish, which was fine, and own everything. And they published, we made sure that they published like around the end of April, May, because we wanted to hit Christmas in July so that we could do that. And so basically we took that book and we literally made a year and a half plan. A, they executed 80% of what we had planned hmm. and they earned all the money back that they invested in my consulting and in the publishing of the book. Okay. More, one of the things that they did was they now knew what to do. They knew what to do on social media. Mm. They knew what to do when it came to holiday. I talked, we talked about contests. We talked about events. We talked about awards they should submit the book for. We talked about just literally different avenues to go on. We also, in their particular case, we created a limited edition hardcover signed by the author's book because they decided to go, that they were going to hit the road and go to book fairs and basically be accessible to kids hmm. as the author, as the illustrator to meet them and interact with them. It was beautiful. It was just a great it was great. They really had a good conceived idea of what this was going to be for them. And it's a series. So they're working on the next book. I have another author that came to me. She had published seven books in her series before she came to me. Self-published, all self-published, very happy self-publishing, didn't want to go for an agent. But she wanted to be an Amazon bestseller. Mm-hmm. And she said, I'm not really sure I can do it with my eighth because I know a lot of people do their first. I said, no, it was very hard. It was a very hard category. It was actually a historical Christian romance. And that wow. category at the top is there are people who own certain categories, right? This was one of them. Mm. We actually planned and we started like a few months ahead of time so that we could actually aggregate the other resources she was using to promote the release of this book. And the first night of the campaign, she was already way up the chart. She had already hit the list. She was already going to be a bestselling author, but she was like banging on four categories up wow. the top. It was just, she was in tears. Her parents were on the Zoom. It was so great. And I'm so happy for her because, and she learned a lot. So one of the, so I just had someone um, who I completed a service with this past week and he said, I'm going to fill out your form and stuff. He said, but I really want you to know, he said, I'm a consultant and I'm a coach. Mm -hmm. He said, you're not like the other people I've worked with in publishing. He said, because you're teaching me what to do. You're not just doing it. And that to me is where there's the most value partial. If I can teach you how to fish, A, you'll have a good time doing it. I hope. <laughs> and more, I hope that you'll do it again. My personal why is to move humankind forward. And my belief is that we move them forward. We move it forward with our stories. We educate, entertain, inspire, and motivate. That's what we do with books. 
and stories. And my business expanded to Hollywood about 10 years ago because I met some producers when I was speaking at different conferences. And they said, if you see people and projects or stories that you think would be valuable to the screen, I'd be interested in what you think. Mm. And then I met TV producers and things have just evolved. And that's really where the next bestseller came together. Because for me, one of the things Mm. that I know is writers is that it's very hard to understand where to go, what to do. Like, I have a column. It's called Ask the Nansert. It's in my blog every Friday. Okay. okay. I'm like the dear Abby of publishing. <laughs> People come to me with all these questions. It doesn't matter what the question is. I'm not judging the question. Yeah. I'm answering the question, right? I also am the only person I know who offers office hours, just like you had in school. You got a single question. I don't want to sign up for a service. I just want to be able to ask my questions, basically get that microcosm of information. Great. Book an office hours appointment. Why not? Because if, you know, for some people, if it's all or nothing, they're going to choose the free stuff on the internet and try to make sense of it. That's true. That's so So, true. And there's so much that's out there. And Jennifer, this is so packed with so much good stuff. I feel like there's more (laughs) I want to ask you about. (laughs) I think that... I'm hearing a lot in what you're saying, especially around platform building and how you can really be smarter about what you're doing with your book and having good plans in place. And to be able to execute that plan, that's one thing. It's like to come up with a plan, but to actually execute it is just as important as the plan itself. All of these things definitely reaffirm the idea that as an author, you're responsible for the promotion, the and the success of your book. I appreciate you sharing and bringing some light to that and sharing some stories. is just so interesting to hear and, and just have perspective even on what literary agents are looking for. Because the better you know that, you can really foster a good relationship and connect with you to get in front of the right people as well. So this is great. This is so good. As, as we start to, to wrap up, I want to be sensitive to time. I, I would love for you to share a little bit about the workshop series that you're having, the clinics, things that you have going on. So that way um, folks will know where to connect with you further. Yeah, the best way to connect with me is just go to my website, yourbookisyourhook.com. There you can sign up for my newsletter, which I referenced a couple of times. I do offer the next bestseller workshop. I can't believe it's the 10th anniversary of that workshop <laughs> this November. It is a workshop where we actually want you to be able to answer the question, what's your project about? It came about because I was at a conference talking with literary agents after a pitch slam at a conference, and they were bitching and moaning about how bad all the pitches were. Mm. And I said to them, I looked right at all of them who I knew and said, maybe we should help them. Like the panels you guys are doing and stuff are great, but basically they get a sound bite and they walk away and don't know what to do with it. And they said, if you build it, we'll come. Mm-hmm. And so that was how the next bestseller started. And so the next bestseller workshop is a workshop that is premised on how to answer the question, so what's your project about? But guess what, Parshall? Everybody asks you, so what's your project about? <laughs> if you think about it, or like a heartbeat, right? Everybody, your lawyer, 
your professionals in the publishing field, your family, you're at a barbecue, you're at a wedding with strangers, and they find out you're a writer. Oh, what are you writing? The question is always, what's your project about? So not Mm. only owns what you're talking about as a response for the industry, but it also helps you there. More, it actually helps you pull it all together because we actually help you understand how your story would actually be presented to literary versus film versus TV, what you need to know about PR, how to promote it, marketing 101, understanding how to make that story tangible. And we even have a roundtable with best-selling authors so that you can understand everybody starts at the same place on that blank page and they have to pitch their stuff and they have to go on that ride too. Mm. And so they share, they're just farther down the field than you are. And it gives you a chance to ask questions. Plus, one of the best things about that workshop that I really love is the last day. Once we help you understand Friday evening, Saturday all day and Sunday morning, you're going to pitch the industry pros. A whole panel of 15 to 20 cross-industry professionals with your project. You're in a safe space. You get feedback, dialogue, conversation about it, not just no or yes, nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that's dating. So it's great. Yeah. And it's so needed. Thank you for sharing that. And we'll be sure to link to your website and your social media here on the episode. So for those tuning in, I highly recommend connecting with Jennifer and plugging into one of her workshops. You're going to walk away with a lot of value and really a smart approach to your book hands down. (laughs) Yes. And I also want to acknowledge you, Jennifer. I I just, I feel from you just like a a genuineness and one that really wants to help uh, people. Like it's just, it's very apparent. You can sense that. I would acknowledge that in all the work that you've been doing in this industry over the last decade. It's so many different. I can't believe it. (laughs) It's incredible. Congratulations on hitting 10 years and all the success. So I just wanted to make sure that I said that and acknowledge that in the work that you're doing. And, and as, yeah. And as we wrap up, any last words of advice that you want to share with the authors as we close up? Absolutely. My number one thing that I want you to remember is write. Write what you love. Don't write for the trends, but really do. Write what you love. Read what you love and write more of what you love because we need more writers. Writers really are the fabric of our lives. Parcel, the number one thing I tell people when I'm in the front of the room talking to people is that we're all reading a lot of dead people still. The anniversary of Catcher in the Rye was yesterday. And so there are lots of things we're still reading because somebody sat down to write it, write yeah. your book. And when yeah. you're ready, write another book. Beautiful. Beautifully said. <laughs> Beautifully said. Jennifer, thank you so much for being here. And I trust that everyone got so much good nuggets and so many good, I don't know, just good things. I, I feel just so strongly that anybody who listens to this is going to have a, a new perspective on their book and how they can approach it. So thank you for being here. Hey, you're so welcome, Parshall. Thanks for having me. All right, that concludes another episode of The Author's Leverage. And I trust you're leaving today's conversation inspired and equipped to see your book as a source for so many possibilities. Before we part ways, I want to remind you to download your copy of the ebook and its digital companion workbook, Five Ways to Get More Bang for Your Book. Again, it's a roadmap that's going to be useful to help you unlock the full potential of your book. Find it on our website, connect with us on social media, subscribe to the podcast and share it along with a fellow author. Until next time, remember that your words have the power to change lives. So keep innovating, 
keep leveraging, and keep making an extraordinary impact. We'll see you next time.